Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 32 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, Coop Aleworks talks to us about taking a brewery from the very beginnings all the way to now they've just purchased the Armory on 23rd Street, a huge building that they're going to put a brewery, microbrewery, and a hotel all in one in an amazing facility. We're going to be chatting in detail about how that business came about and what their plans are for Oklahoma City in the future. I hope your holidays was great. I know I ate a ton. I know a lot of our family ate a ton. So as you're getting ready to make your New Year's resolution, I wanted to announce that next week comes our special end-of-year episode. So you'll want to make sure you're there for the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. It's the year-end and the projections for 2019. We're going to be talking about all the numbers we've talked about in grand scheme over the year, a recap of what sold, what didn't, what worked, what did not for 2018, and then projecting into 2019 the right moves to make. But on to the market news. This week, the seven-day Christmas week that just passed us, uh, new listings coming on the market, 92 with a median uh, per square foot price of $98.34. That puts the listing price at $167. That is up from the week before. I tell you, if you've got to come on during Christmas time, in fact, I know a couple of people that have finished out some projects. I know Robin's Nest Properties just launched a beautiful, beautiful home. You've got to check out that. Uh, we just posted it on our social media page. So if you go to Facebook, uh, you can check that out. Um, also, uh, want to talk about, uh, some, some news coming up. Uh, but first let's talk about REOs, eight REOs coming on the market this week, uh, with a per square foot price of $73 and 75 cents. That's looking at $115,900 is the median list price for the REOs coming on this week. As far as our news, not too much in the real estate world over this week. Uh, we did find out that Bubba 33 Sports Bar coming to West Oklahoma City applied for their permits and looks like they're going to be putting on uh, next to the Walmart there on I-40 and MacArthur Boulevard. A lot of you know uh, Home Depot there. There's a huge Supercenter Walmart. There's also a Texas Roadhouse right next door. So obviously the demographics are supporting these multiple sports bars in this location. It's good to see not too far from the airport and also preparing for the airport to get uh, up and going in the coming future. So be looking for that. Onward, without further ado, we're here in the studio today with Sean Mossman, the Director of Sales and Marketing for Coop Aleworks. Many of you may have heard about a, a change in the culture of Oklahoma City coming here where uh, we were behind the curve with liquor laws. 
uh, dating back to the days of the prohibition, uh, where uh, full strength alcohol was forbidden in Oklahoma City. Now with those laws changing coming up October 1st or October of this year, uh, we've got a whole different culture uh, uh, coming about. Uh, and, and Sean's here to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on in Oklahoma City. Welcome to the show, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excellent. Tell us just a little bit of history of your job. What do you do? Where, what are you up to? And, uh, and you know, how are you here today? Sure, sure. Uh, well, Coop is uh, Oklahoma City's oldest and uh, largest craft brewer, uh, nine and a half years old. We'll celebrate our 10th anniversary in the spring of next year. Um, we uh, started, like I said, almost 10 years ago uh, in uh, northwest Oklahoma City. Uh, if you've been to Oklahoma City, uh, around 51st and Western, Northwestern area, what's, what was recently, uh, what was referred to as the Speakeasy area, because there's a fairly famous bar uh, there that we were co-located with called the Speakeasy. Started there, uh, grew uh, from that space, outgrew uh, our footprint there in northwest Oklahoma City moved down to a location uh, a few years ago in far southwest Oklahoma City down by the airport um, and have just recently announced that uh, we're on a trajectory to outgrow that space. And so uh, recently uh, we were awarded the uh, 23rd Street Armory Building, which is an 82,000 square feet uh, former National Guard Armory right next to the Capitol building in, in Midtown Oklahoma City. Um, and so we are repurposing that facility, restoring it to its historical significance. Uh, and we will move our, uh, our permanent home into that space for brewing production. Uh, we'll also, um, uh, have a full service restaurant, uh, private event space, uh, and uh, about 30 hotel rooms that will be uh, available inside uh, the brewing space. Uh, so that will, that we'll be there in, I think September of 2020 is kind of our early projections, but uh, excited about that move. But that's kind of who we are and how we've gotten to this point here in Oklahoma. If you just tuned in, we're here with Sean Mossman, the director of sales and marketing of Coop Aleworks. Sean has been a part of uh, really a, an amazing story of a, of, of a, a small product that, that went big. Um, and a lot of folks may think, oh, well, once a business gets, you know, huge, uh, it's, it's not got the same, uh, culture. It's not got the same flair. Uh, but that's not the case here, is it? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, huge is a relative term. Uh, it, I think we, we feel huge internally compared to where we were maybe three years ago, but we're still only around 27 full-time employees. Um, while we are, like I said, the, the largest, uh, production brewer in Oklahoma, uh, we're still not in the top 100 nationally. And I think that has so much to do with a lot of the restrictive laws that you touched on in the in the open and that we can kind of dive into at, at any point uh, that you want to. But uh, really, we were restrained from, I think, the natural course of growth for the first nine years we were in business and were able to be successful because of that. But um, but we still are only 27 people. And as we move into the armory, we'll be well over 100 people. So we talk constantly mm -hmm. internally about uh, how we maintain the culture of who we are, which really... You know, to define the culture of who we are, we're beer and people first. That's that's what we do. Um, everything is about the beer and the quality of the of the product that we produce, and 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 equally uh, about the quality of people that work inside our organization and and how much we sort of respect and care for each other. And 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 that's really the heart of our culture and something that we want to make make sure that we continue to keep an eye on moving forward. Mm. 
Now, why Oklahoma City? I mean, when you talk about, you know, all that's going on here and really all the regulations in the past, it was a terrible place to have a business like this. You know, why Oklahoma City? Well, it's home, first of all, right? So um, I, I don't think that, uh, in fact, I know that we didn't set out um, nine and a half years ago to build a, a brewery of national renown. What we wanted to do was build a brewery that Oklahoma could be proud of, that they could call their own. Um, our founders were really inspired by the Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco and Avery in Boulder, Colorado, and, and some of these other breweries that really meant a lot to their local community and they were part of the fabric of the community. And so the first answer is we're from here. This is our home. This is where we're going to die. And this is what we want to do in our home. And so, uh, and, and I think that's reflected in what we do in the community. And we're very active with, um, with pet welfare and the arts community in Oklahoma, um, do a lot with uh, active lifestyles. We do a lot of races, cycling races, um, running races. They're really just part of our core values. And, and more than anything else, uh, they are they are they are they are the places that people gather to celebrate in our home area, and mm -hmm. we want to we wanted to be part of that. And we continue to want to be a, mm -hmm. as much a part of that as we possibly can. You know, folks that get off the plane here, um, and actually less and less now. I think we've seven or ten properties now we've sold without the investor ever coming here. But right. um, you know, with technology, we can do crazy things. But those that do come here, and there's there's lots of them that really enjoy the experience. One of the things they say is it's so friendly here. I mm -hmm. mean, just just the culture is just incredible. So um okay, so talk to me a little bit for someone who doesn't understand what's what's happening with this brewery culture that's taking off. Yep. Uh what does it mean uh, you know, walk us through the feeling and, and emotions of this. I, I think we're in a we're at a pretty seminal moment as far as craft beer is concerned in Oklahoma. You know, the joke around here oftentimes has been that, you know, trends start on the coast and they move over a period of time towards Oklahoma, right? Mm. And so the reality is, is we saw massive booms in the craft brewing uh, industry on the West Coast and on the East Coast that have slowly sort of migrated. Uh, those trends have migrated towards the middle of the country, as, as all trends tend to do in the U.S. And so we're behind the curve in Oklahoma. We've been behind the curve because of some very restrictive laws, uh, but also just the natural sort of the, the natural movement of trends. But we're at a real critical moment where the industry in Oklahoma is booming. You're starting to see um, brands like ours that have become regionally significant across five to six states um, that have, you know, great followings uh, within kind of a, that one day drive. We always uh, we, we've talked about when we do the armory, one of the reasons we're doing the armory uh, is to have a real gathering place for Oklahomans. But secondarily, because we do sell our beer in six other states, we know that families are coming from Houston for a, a mm -hmm. you know a, a tennis tournament for the kids for the weekend, and they're they're looking for something to do. Uh, and, and while they're here, and a lot of them like craft beer and kind of want to see the show showpiece place. Um, and that's a lot of the reason why we're, why we're and doing they can stay there, right? I mean, yeah, there'll be thirty hotel rooms on site. There'll wow. be a full service restaurant. Uh, there'll be a couple of different bar locations on site. All of our production will be done on that site, and then there will be thirty hotel rooms as well. So, mm. um, a pretty unique, uh, pretty unique uh, experience. And I think that's it's really like a the, Disney World. Yeah, I, it's the it, miniature it, Disney it, World. I mean, <laughs> maybe Disney, Disney for and beer. Spa. We, we've talked about it. we've used the Disney World world word only in kind of a, a way to sort of beer caution, world. caution ourselves against what we what kind of want to be. Like we don't sure. want to be. 
Um, we don't want to be, be, you know, tricks and lights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to be pretty true to going back to our core values of beer and people and be really all about the beer. Cause they're, ger- there are just so mm-hmm. many people that want to experience that part of our culture when they come here. Uh, and we want to make sure that we're true to what Oklahoma is and what we are as a brewery. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we want to make, make sure that that building and the history of that building is captured and, 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 and not just repurposed, but, but. Um, but renovated with a purpose. Mm. So if you guys didn't catch that, there's a great point that's that's coming up here. Um, So if you're looking through cities, you may be looking at uh, right now, Tennessee was hot for a while. Arkansas was hot for a while. You're looking, you're trying to evaluate cities here. And you look and you see Oklahoma City, who's full of small businesses. Genuine behavior is what's taking off in the future now. That's why small businesses and brand is so important because it's a trustworthy name, especially when we talk about beverages who have had such a bad rap for over the years, putting MSG in their products, uh, all kinds of false, uh, you know, tasting, you know, false sweeteners and all this other stuff. So I think the consumer's smart now and that they're going, you know, I'm tired of being tricked. I'm tired of this whole, you know, uh, lucky charms thing, you know, and then it's it's not actually a nutritious part of your breakfast. Well, when you think about the word craft, I mean, they what they want is they want a crafted experience and they want that that experience to be authentic. And so whether they're drinking a craft soda that they know uh, that they, they see some transparency in what what goes into that product or they're drinking a craft beer. And they have the ability in our space to see the product manufactured in real time, right? There's no, mm. there's no tricks. There's no, uh, there's no additives being added to it. There's no shortcuts. Um, it's painstaking. It's not always easy. Yes, it's slightly more expensive uh, than the mass-produced product, but uh, but you have a, a real connection to what you're consuming. I think in that space, which is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, genuine is is a word I would use to describe the culture here. And I think it's, it, it's, you know, folks that come from Dallas, uh, we get a lot of folks from Dallas that just say, you know, Dallas is a little bit Hollywood, you know, whereas Oklahoma City is, is real people helping people, you know, so yeah, I, I'm really glad for that. Now, for those that are local here, on 23rd, if you're heading east towards, uh, what is it? Uh, it's right on the I-240, or it's 240 and- 235. So 235. Broadway Extension, okay. you'll see our building from Broadway Extension as you're coming across 23rd. We'll be almost equidistant between Broadway Extension and the, and Lincoln where the Capitol building is. Gotcha. So there, so this is the old armory building from, what was it, the National Guard used to store their munitions there. Uh, well, and, and Are, actually, is there any concerns about that whole radioactive, you know, things? Or no, we've, we've done the full environmental on it. And so there's there's some remediation on the site that honestly has to do with with uh, fuel, with gasoline, essentially because mm. vehicles, lots of vehicles have been on the space over a period of time. Uh, but we've already worked with uh, the, the environmental remediation people on securing funding for that little bit of stuff, but that's pretty typical for for development and redevelopments to find some environmental. Uh, sure. But as far as munitions are concerned or anything like that, no. The reality is that 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 building primarily housed people. Yes, they had mm-hmm. guns and munitions on there, but um, this was this was the space where just about everyone from Oklahoma that served in the army during World War II and Korea 
and even before that, were processed through this armory building as they went off to war for World War II in Korea. And so we've already had so many people come to us with personal stories about the fact that when they were in the armory, when they were in the National Guard, they drilled in that space, mm. or that their grandfather went through that space and was processed and said goodbye to their grandmother before they went off to mm, Germany for World War II. And so sure. there were there have been a lot of really great personal stories. And, and one of the things that we've been really... Uh, not surprised by, but sort of bolstered by. And one of the things that we want to really make sure that we're doing as we redevelop this property is to kind of capture that spirit of what went through there before, you know, from the 1930s on, what went through there and what that building meant to uh, meant to Oklahoma and to so many people. And so we intend to tastefully uh, pay homage to the men and women that went through there and served in in the military through that building and and to make sure that their presence is felt in the space, that it's not just completely uh, re, you know, restored and repurposed as a brewery, but mm-hmm. that, that those people that, that meant something, that the building means something to are honored and, and, and have a place in the building. Mm. Now, how much of that was the state or city requirement and how much is... That's our personal that. ethic. It's mm. just it, we. I, I'm a. I'm U.S. Mm. Navy. My one of my other uh, uh, co-workers who's in our leaders on our leadership team uh, is Air Force. Um, you know, we we both have personal opinions about what's a tasteful and respectful way to honor the military and what kind of goes over the line. And and so having been former military ourselves, mm. I think we have a pretty good idea of, of what we want to do. But we definitely know that that we do want to make sure that we're acknowledging the history of the building and what that building's meant to the city and the state. Mm. Folks that maybe have your own business and you're looking at expanding, uh, some good tips here for keeping that that you know, real genuine core, uh, you know, foundation of the city. Now, this there is there is some politics there involved in getting this building. It wasn't just a, you know, listing on MLS and you just, you know, go for it. I mean, yeah. this was where did you guys find it? I mean, how did that come about? So, I would uh I would say that we didn't feel like there were politics involved. It was a very open mm. and uh transparent process. Mm. So, the uh OMES, uh Office of Management Services for uh, the state of Oklahoma that manages the office buildings and all of their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, uh, they've been required by the state uh, through some previous legislation to sell off to private developers or private entities, any really unutilized or underutilized properties that the state owns, essentially get rid of bad assets that the state owns that, that they just aren't using anymore. So they put this property out for, uh, out to RFP request for proposal. We were one of two entities that submitted proposals, and we submitted two different proposals. Mm. I don't want to go in the weeds. One was mm-hmm. just for the armory building. The other one was for five acres around it. Mm. We were awarded the second one that was the armory building and five acres surrounding to redevelop the entire site. We needed some additional surface parking, and there are a couple of other buildings that are underutilized that we wanted to do some things with as well. And so it was really an open and transparent process where mm. us and one other uh, bidder uh, submitted proposals and um, and we were chosen as the most uh, I think the most desirable proposal and and I think what the state will tell you and has told you is that um, the fact that we uh, our proposal was an owner operated proposal that we were going to be the primary tenant and now we've decided we're going to be the only tenant in the space mm. initially we had thought about um, making uh, you know creating a coffee shop that we would sublease out and some other um, uh, maybe uh, housing that we would lease out into that space. We've now decided that we want to own the entire property and we're going to operate different 
uh, sort of segments of the business. Five acres, that's the city block, I mean, pretty much. It's really two right. two blocks deep from mm -hmm. north to south and about mm -hmm. two blocks wide. Um, and that's oh, just, wow. Yeah, that's a little, just a little rough estimate of kind of what it is. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's a little over five acres. So, but you're not initially, you're not, you're, you're not uh, renovating the whole thing at once, though. You're, are you, you guys are doing yeah. a full blanket. Oh, wow. We are, okay. we, we, uh, it's our expectation that the full renovation will be complete before we open anything to the public, that we will mm -hmm. we will be operating a hotel and a restaurant and a production brewery and and, and the bars and anything else that we're doing. Mm -hmm. We will be operating those on the first day that we open up. Um, now, a lot of that property is there'll be some buildings that have to get that they have no historical significance at all that will have to get knocked down to create the surface parking necessary for 200 plus parking spaces to be able to operate mm -hmm. that space. But mm -hmm. that's just kind of in the weed stuff. Like really sure. the vast majority of what we're doing, we're going to make sure that we're trying, we're opening that just all at the same time. We don't want to phase this out. As far as opening dates, what are we, what are we looking at there? Yeah. Uh, best case scenario, September of 2020. And I don't say that to hedge. I mean, everybody's got a little bit of, mm -hmm. I mean, most of the people listening to this podcast are going to be uh, people who have dealt with construction timelines or uh, project timelines mm -hmm. that sometimes need a little bit of flexibility. And so um, we think we can get there by September of 2020. Um, but you know, uh, lots of, lots of weird things happen when you start digging up, uh, when you start digging up floors and things like that. Right. Now your existing business is yeah. the, the location will stay open after you guys open this, or are you going to shut that down or not? Yeah. Sure I mean, we, we, you know, we can't have any disruption in product that goes in the marketplace because, uh, you know, as a, as I'll remind everybody, I mean, at our core, we're manufacturing right now about a quarter of a million cases of beer a year wow. that goes in the marketplace. So we can't have a disruption in service. Mm. Um, the market just won't allow it. Our grocery stores, our liquor stores, just, sure. yeah, we've got to keep yeah. those partners in stock. So that's the long way around saying, I think there'll be some overlap and redundancy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, uh, you know, I don't think it's smart for us to try to schedule this out where we turn the switch off one day in one place and turn the switch mm -hmm. on the next day in another place. You're just asking for trouble in that, in that, that scenario. That's so. smart. Then you'll have some redundancy and equipment and all yep. that stuff back yep, and for forth. Sure. That's a beautiful story. Um, you know, uh, so 2020, I mean, we've got a lot of projects that are going to be, I mean, that's going to be a golden year. Uh, there's Oklahoma. a, con uh, the convention center, uh, that'll be about the time the Omni, uh, hotel, Scissor Tail Park. uh, Scissor Tail Park is opening around the same time. There's a okay. massive expansion of the airport that should begin soon that maybe a little bit later than that, it'll be complete. Amazon. But, hello. Uh, yeah. Fulfillment center. Yeah. So, uh, lots of, lots of exciting mm -hmm. projects and, uh, you know, to, to have the ability to go back into the urban core of Oklahoma City again was really something mm -hmm. we set out to do when we started looking at properties well over a year ago, knowing we were going to have to move out of the space that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be back in that environment, mm -hmm. um, there there have been some law changes that made it really attractive to us uh, to, to move back into that environment. Uh, to be in in that area that has so much going on is something that's it's really attractive to us right now. We're part of that area, mm. but we're not, you know, we're not really anchored in that area. And I think that's important mm. for us. And we had Michael from um, the Metro Authority uh, on the show mm -hmm. a few weeks ago talking about the streetcar and all that. Are you guys going to incorporate your facility into that? I mean, is there a bus stop there or at least really close there? There's a bus stop that uh, there's a bus stop almost directly in front of the, of the space. Mm. Um, we're also... So close um, to Broadway Extension, there is a walking path underneath Broadway Extension across 23rd Street mm. that kind of connects. Uh, and I don't want to get too local about it because I know you've got a lot of out of state and out of town uh, listeners, but 
kind of connects the area where Byron's liquor store is and where Midtown 23rd Street ends, that entertainment district. So really, this is kind of an extension of that entertainment district underneath the bridge and Mm. over to the northeast side towards the Capitol. What about shuttling folks from the airport to the hotel? Uh, Has there been thoughts there? Yeah, we 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 haven't really talked about that, and I think my initial thought would be with just thirty rooms, um, mm-hmm. yeah. that would be a tough tough cost to justify. But I think we could probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, work with some preferred vendors on, you know, you get super shuttles and things like that. So I, I think there's some sure. ways to be creative around that. Sure, I was just thinking once they, you know, the whole push is we got questions all the time. It's like, hey, can you send me a list of properties with a walkability score of this? You know, mm-hmm. and and. <laughs> Three years ago, that would have been like, uh, you need to look at a different city, you know, and now it's like walkability score keeps going up and up and up. Yeah, you've got to give credit to the people who have really, for the last 20 years, uh, thought through how to create a a more uh, attractive city for especially young people to, Mm -hmm. to move to and to start businesses in and our walkability scores are high. I, I live in uh, an area that people around here might know, Mesta Park. I moved there 10 years ago when it was kind of just becoming sort of a revitalized area of the urban core. Now I'm going to have a, a, a train stop, uh, a shuttle stop uh, three blocks away from my house. Then I'm going to hop on. I'm going to ride down to the Chesapeake Arena. I'm going to go to the basketball game with my kids. I'm going to ride it back and probably stop at like Vanessa House Brewery and have a beer on the way home and finish the ride. And that, that that's something that people like us that maybe moved into these areas 10 years ago never could have imagined being our reality uh, mm. 10 years later. And I think it's it's made it so much more attractive. And, and I think the investment in quality of life to attract young professionals here and to keep young professionals here has been I, I, I would think the, the number one thing over the last 15 to 20 years that anybody could point to, to that really is the reason for the revitalization of the city. Mm. You've been listening to Sean Mossman, the director in, of sales and marketing for Coop Aleworks, a local brewery here in Oklahoma City, who's expanding into the armory uh, and adding a hotel, uh, really unique uh, business opportunity there. Uh, Sean, is there anything you'd like to add for our listeners before we close today? You know, I think, um, first of all, thanks for having me. This is a really interesting uh, topic to to talk about, Um, interesting show. I think one of the things that strikes me is, you know, I was on another podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it was a beer industry podcast. Um, And and the the first question that was asked of me was, well, why are you investing $20 million in Oklahoma City, especially – in an industry, in the beer industry, that seems to be flattening nationally, and why, why are you bullish on Oklahoma? And and he, they didn't ask it that way, but I, I I snapped back and I said, listen, we're extremely bullish on Oklahoma. We know what the horizon looks like for this state. We know what the horizon looks like for beer in this state. We know that culturally, we're slightly a little bit behind. And when when we take a look at this opportunity to invest in this property and to get out in front of what we know is going to be growth in the city. Uh, and to be part of kind of the economic redevelopment of Midtown Oklahoma City and to create some impact uh, uh, with our brewery around this project, like we knew we had to get involved with this. We knew that this had to be our future. Um, and and we're just we're happy to we're happy to be moving down this path. So um, so for us, like I said, we're we're incredibly bullish on Oklahoma. We're incredibly bullish on Oklahoma City. Uh, we know there's a ton of runway out in front of us. Mm. Well, you heard it, folks. Sean Mossman, another genuine voice from Oklahoma City. If you're looking, deciding on the fence, it's time to come home. Oklahoma City, OKC Real Estate Show.com. Thanks for listening. 
Subscribe to our podcast to hear fresh local market information. Do you have an idea for the show? We'd like to hear from you. Visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Looking to buy or sell in Oklahoma City? Meet with the award-winning team today at OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com. Happy holidays!